Hey, everybody. Lindsey Rhodes here with your Friday Fantasy 15 edition of the NFL Roadshow. We're going to try to put some names on your radar every week in a format that is less than an hour long, uh, though sometimes we're going to have some guests, which will change the format slightly. But mostly we're just going to get in and get out and give you a brief synopsis of what I'm looking at from a fantasy perspective for the weekend. Still kind of figuring it out, so I'm totally open for feedback. Lindsay underscore Rhodes on Twitter, Lindsay Rhodes NFL on Insta. I'm going to go position by position with my primary thoughts, high-end guys with great matchups that could benefit you in daily formats, low-end guys who could help you get some of those high-end guys in your lineup. And I'll also try to touch on the guys that I think you're probably struggling to make a call on in season-long leagues, guys who either didn't play well last week and you're thinking of putting them on your bench or guys who did play well and you're not sure if you're overreacting by putting them in your lineup. Obviously, roster calls are totally specific to your individual options, but I'm hoping that my thoughts on the various players will help you maybe settle on the right call for you. So we're going to set a clock and see how it goes. I feel like I might have more than 15 minutes of notes here. But again, it's new week two. It's a work in progress. We're all getting our feet wet. <laughs> so let's go ahead and break the huddle. All right, let's go. Two, all, two, all, two. Ready? Three. All right, clock is set. Let's start with the quarterbacks. I'm going to start with Carson Wentz, who was QB3 last week with 27 points. Uh, that was obviously a good matchup for him, but he has another one this week against the Lions, who allowed 38 points to the Eagles last week. Carson, who went 27 for 41, 313 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. I think that's duplicatable. Is that a word? I think he can duplicate that. Uh, remember, this is a guy who, while wildly inconsistent last year, averaged 15 points a game in a Colts offense that featured who was catching the ball for them again? Mm-hmm, exactly. I know Michael Pittman was there, but outside of Michael Pittman, and by the way, that was rookie Michael Pittman. So that's my point about Carson Wentz. Derek Carr, great week for him. We hope after last week, uh, I put him in over Kirk Cousins in one of my season long leagues this week. He is not Patrick Mahomes, admittedly, but you saw those five touchdowns that Mahomes threw last week against Arizona before the Chargers kept Mahomes relatively in check on Thursday. I think this is a very good matchup for Carr. He's $6,200 on DraftKings. That opens up a lot for you at other positions. Aside from that, I think you're going to play your studs at quarterback. I think that those are the two most notable guys. From a running back standpoint, on the higher end, uh, my mea culpa surrounding Saquon Barkley continues against Carolina this week. I like him again. Chubb ran for 141 against them last week. Hunt added 46 more plus 24 through the air. Barkley's usage was off the charts. They're using him in both facets of the offense. I think that this is a plug and play and expect great things from him. Fournette versus New Orleans. This one's interesting. So he's priced at $6,700 on DraftKings. Uh, Patterson ran all over New Orleans last week. Didn't necessarily expect that. New Orleans is usually good at stopping the run. Um, Tampa Bay this week has issues at wide receiver. A bunch of guys on the injury report with health question marks. Part of me thinks that this points to a Fournette game for them. Part of me thinks that this could be problematic for Fournette. If there aren't receivers then the, that the defense respects, then it makes it easier to slow down the running game, right? Just focus on Fournette. But then you could take into consideration that Tom Brady is the quarterback. As long as Tom Brady is your quarterback, it doesn't matter who's out there catching the passes. You have to respect the passing game because he will get anybody the ball on, uh, on the dot. So how much can they really afford to focus on Leonard Fournette? 
I my gut tells me this is a good Leonard Fournette game against New Orleans. Javante Williams versus Houston. Also like him this week, $6,500 on DraftKings. He shares the backfield with Melvin Gordon, but he averaged six yards per carry last week on the ground. Didn't get a ton of carries, but still he made the most of the carries that he had. I think that that number begs for more touches. Also, 12 targets, 11 catches. In fantasy, that's off the charts valuable. The Texans, by the way, the team that he's playing, gave up 161 yards on the ground to Jonathan Taylor. 11 catches and 64 yards to running backs, uh, that receiving total being between Taylor and Naeem Hines. So this feels like a great matchup for Williams, who is evasive and breaks tackles. And I'm not sure how long he'll be priced in this range either at $6,500. I think he's on his way up. So get him while you can. Um, from a pricing standpoint, Gibson at $6,200, coming off a game where he went 14 rush attempts for 58 yards, eight targets, seven catches, 72 receiving yards. Those are elite numbers. The Lions gave up four rushing touchdowns last week. I'm expecting this game to be close. I'm expecting it to be relatively high scoring, frankly, and I expect it to be a good one for Gibson. Uh, Pricing note, Cordero Patterson is priced lower than Melvin Gordon. He's priced exactly the same as Alexander Madison. I think that that is a uh, statement um, about Antonio Gibson, and I think that he is going to uh, go up in that department. So again, a guy that you want to get now while he's inexpensive. Chase Edmonds is also very inexpensive, $5,200. He only scored 10 points last week in fantasy, but... We got some clarity on his role, right? And that was one of the big question marks going into this season. They've got a crowded backfield. Who's going to get the ball? Well, it was him. He outtouched Mostert 16 to 6. He faces Baltimore this week. Normally, you'd be like, I don't know, Baltimore defense, and maybe that's the case. But Michael Carter from the Jets just rushed for 60 yards on 10 carries. That's a six-yard per carry average. Even I can do that math. Also caught the ball seven times for 40 yards. So considering the fact that Chase Edmonds is that kind of back, who can do both, I think you're going to see that type of balanced offensive approach where he's concerned against Baltimore, and I think that he has a bounce-back week this week. Again, on the low end from a pricing standpoint at $5,200. Jeff Wilson Jr., a guy that you can plug into your lineups and particularly in your DFS rosters, $5,100 is very, very low for a starting running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, That's, of course, because Elijah Mitchell is out, so he will get the volume there, though I'll get to this later. I think it's going to be a big Debo week, personally. Uh, Burkhead and Pierce are priced low. I think that they are interesting. I'm not interested in David Montgomery for DFS, but I would keep him in your lineup for season long, and I know that some of you might think about putting him on the bench after last week. He played the worst game of his career. He averaged 1.53 yards per carry. 17 carries for 26 yards. He was the lowest graded running back on PFF. All of this is awful. So why am I telling you to keep him in your lineup? Because he's not going to duplicate that. They wanted to go to him. In fact, of the 38 times that he was on the field, they went to him 21 times. Yes, Herbert is there stealing some touches, but... He still had the ninth most carries, David Montgomery, in the entire National Football League amongst running backs. So the volume is there. The game was played in a monsoon. It's a total anomaly. We have enough of a sample size from David Montgomery to know that that 1.53 yards per carry, that's not who he is as a running back. So I would just say relax to steal an Aaron Rodgers phrase. They're going up against the Packers this week. 
uh, again, I'm not saying he's going to go crazy, but it's not going to be what we saw last week. So trust your draft. I might put Ramondre Stevenson on my bench, but I am slightly optimistic. And here is why Ty Montgomery went on injured reserve this week and the passing volume went through him last week. We thought it was going to go through Ramondre. So now that Montgomery is not an option, will it go through Ramondre? He did pretty well. He caught uh, two of his two targets. He had eight for 25 rushing. It was nothing spectacular, but if some of those passes go his way, then he becomes a much different fantasy asset. Uh, But again, I might put him on my bench and just wait and see because also I don't really like the Patriots offense, period. I'm not rushing to get any assets into my lineup from there until I have uh, reason to. Camara is tricky because he uh, we're keeping an eye on him from an injury report standpoint. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, we have some clarity on that one way or the other. Um, he's one of my top picks in drafts. He's one of my best players. Uh, he didn't look like it last week, right? He had nine rush attempts for 39 yards. I hate that volume. Three catches for seven targets. No, I'm sorry. Three catches for seven yards on four targets. That was against Atlanta. I thought that was a smash spot for Alvin Kamara. He scored 7.6 fantasy points. So yes, they fell behind and had to throw, but he's a good pass-catching back who historically picks up yards after the catch. Similar to McCaffrey, I think you should put the ball in his hands and let him make plays. They didn't go with that approach. One thing I am concerned about long-term is his fit with Jameis Winston, whose fantasy value is effectively tied to the fact that he's always looking to go downfield. We like that for Jameis. We don't like that for Alvin Kamara. So that's something to keep our eye on there. Now he's playing Tampa Bay. None of this leads up to um, this being a particularly great matchup that you're going to feel comfortable about playing Alvin Kamara. But again, because he's one of your best players, I think you just have to do it anyway. Devontae Adams at wide receiver. Now we're moving to wide receiver. I think that from a DFS standpoint, he's one of the more expensive wide receivers on this slate, but I think he could be worth paying up for against Arizona for the same reasons that I said earlier about Carr. I think the Raiders offense is going to move the ball effectively, uh, particularly in the air. And we all know that Carr was looking to Devontae Adams a ton last week, 17 targets. That's crazy. Hunter Renfro, though, is a guy that I think you shouldn't be scared to play in season long. He had six targets, just three catches, 21 yards. Bryce Callahan from the Chargers locked him down. I think that that says more about the Chargers defense than it says about Renfro, and they are uh, not going to face the Chargers defense this week. They got Arizona that just got carved up by KC. So to further the Callahan point, because I think this is something that needs to be on our radar moving forward, Juju and Mecole Hardman, who play in the slot for Kansas City, how much did they do on Thursday night? Juju had four points. Mecole had seven and a half. You know how many times KC went to them against Callahan? One time. He was targeted one time, Callahan was. He did not give up a single catch. So put it on your radar. And if your slot receiver is not an absolute superstar, I would think about sitting them when they play the Chargers. I think Debo, as I mentioned earlier, is an interesting guy this week at wide receiver against Seattle, a team that had a hard time stopping the running backs for Denver. It's funny. I'm putting him in the wide receiver category because that's his designation. Um, That's where you're going to have to play him on your roster, but he's effectively a running back. That's how they used him last week, the same way that they were using him at the end of the year last year. That's not necessarily great from a fantasy standpoint because his PPR points are going to go down a little bit, but I think he's interesting... Um, in part because of Javante's success against Seattle 
last week uh, with Denver. Um, also part in part because of the Elijah Mitchell injury. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to get a lot of carries, but Debo is a big part of their run game, as mentioned. He's one of the more talented players in the league. I think it makes a lot of sense this week for San Francisco to find ways to get the ball to a guy like him who can pick up a ton of yak yards, break tackles. I feel like this is a Debo week personally. He is not cheap on DraftKings, but I feel like the $7,800 is manageable. I'm going back to Amonra St. Brown also against a Washington defense that gave up 117 yards to Christian Kirk on six catches. I'm finding a way to get Amonra in my lineups. I'm also interested in Curtis Samuel in daily at that incredibly low price point of $4,600. Yes, he scored a lot of fantasy points last week. That's not what I'm chasing. I'm after the volume. 11 targets, eight catches, four rush attempts. This is the guy and the usage that I was excited about last year. I think the injury made us forget what we were expecting then. Sunday showed us that I think we can expect it again this year. Pittman is also still priced too low. He's popped up on the injury report this week with a quad injury, missed some practice time. Frank Reich sounded confident or optimistic on Friday that he was going to be in the lineup, though he is listed as questionable. He His price on DraftKings went up $1,200 from last week. Still, $6,700 is a bargain for this guy. I think he's going to have a massive year, and I think the market will catch up to that soon. CeeDee Lamb had a brutal week last week. Interestingly, got more expensive on DK from $6,600 to $6,900. My guess is that DraftKings and I are both seeing the same thing, which is 11 targets. This guy was targeted 11 times, you guys. He only caught two of those targets for 29 yards, a whopping 4.9 fantasy points. It is hard to score that few fantasy points with that kind of volume. Obviously, the volume is going to continue. They just don't have other people to go to. I mean, Jalen Tolbert was a healthy scratch. Yes, it's Cooper Rush. He had one of his best games last year, by the way, with Cooper Rush as his quarterback. Um, they have Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not Tampa Bay. I think CeeDee Lamb has a bounce back week. I'm very interested to see what Mooney does this week against Green Bay. He draws a tough matchup against Jair Alexander, though will Jair Alexander move around with him? He didn't last week against Jefferson. The two have kind of been yapping a little bit this week. Mooney coming off a one-catch, three-target game last week. That game was in a monsoon. They didn't throw the ball. Nobody did. So throw that game out statistically. He was on the field for 90% of the team's offensive snaps. I am interested to see how this one plays out, and I don't know that I'm fading him to the degree this week that other people are. DJ Moore, another wide receiver on my radar, one of just nine wide receivers to run around on 100% of his team's dropbacks, 100%. Just six targets, three catches, 24 yards. I'm expecting positive regression for him. I don't think Robbie Anderson is going to be a 100-yard receiver with a touchdown on the reg. DJ Moore is the better receiver. I think the um, the production goes back to him. Amari Cooper has six targets last week, three catches, 17 yards versus Carolina. He has the Jets this week, should have a little bit more room to work with. That said, uh, if you have another guy, I don't have a problem with putting Amari on my bench and wanting to see it first. I don't think that the offense in Cleveland is great. They want to run the ball. DPJ is getting targeted. It's not ideal for Amari Cooper, but again, we knew that going into the season. Robert Woods, two targets, one catch, 13 yards, 2.2 fantasy points. That was a surprise. I expect his targets to go up a little bit this week because I think he's their best wide receiver option. 
Um, it's against the Bills. That's a revenge game for people who are into that. I think they have to get him the ball more. But that's another one. If you have another guy and you feel comfortable putting Robert Woods on your bench, I don't hate that move either. Allen Robinson, I think, is going to have a bounce back game this week. I feel more confident about this because I feel more confident about the offense bouncing back. That felt like a fluke against the best offense in the AFC, the best defense. Like, the Bills are a very good team, and that was a weird game for the Rams. He had two targets and one catch for 12 yards, 2.2 fantasy points. They have Atlanta this week. I think that they will make more of a point to get him the ball, and I also think that they're going to have a lot more success offensively. At tight end, I'm almost out of my 15 minutes. My timer is about to go off. Anyway, I'm going to run through some tight ends here for you anyway, and then maybe like consolidate a little bit next week. Now I know what I'm working with. I like Waller against the Cardinals. Um, Kelsey put up 121 and a touchdown last week against them. Obviously, the Chiefs and Raiders offenses are built differently, but I think we all agree that Waller is pretty good and that McDaniels probably found some stuff on tape that he liked from that game for him. If you're looking for a streamer at this position, Higby's available in like 40% of ESPN leagues. He led all tight ends in targets last week with 11. I really like Fryermuth's role moving forward also. He's not a streamer. I'm sure he's taken in your league, but he had 10 targets. And I see that continuing in part because of the O-line play. I see the quarterbacks there, starting with Trubisky, needing to get the ball out quickly. And he's a great option for that, along with Deontay Johnson. Hayden Hurst, another streaming option. Eight targets last week in an offense that I trust in Cincinnati. Yes, those targets are a little inflated by the fact that they ran 94 offensive plays in that game. That's not going to happen regularly. They're not going to throw the ball 53 times. But he was targeted at the same clip as Mixon and Boyd after Higgins went down. Uh, Higgins back at practice on Friday, by the way, working his way through the concussion protocol. It's looking good for him on Sunday, I think. So I think that Hayden Hurst is more playable than we thought in fantasy and worth an ad off the waiver wire. If you haven't already done that, worth a stream this week if you're looking for somebody in that department. Okay, there, just a few minutes over. All right, so maybe fantasy in like 17 minutes or something this week. We'll, we'll work on it. We're workshopping. Let me know what you think about the format, whether it went too fast, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. You can hit me up again on Twitter at Lindsay underscore Rhodes, on Instagram, Lindsay Rhodes NFL. And if you're available on Sunday and you have the DirecTV Sunday Ticket Max package, join us on Channel 704. Uh, As I mentioned last week, I do a show every Sunday called uh, the Fantasy Zone channel. We're there for seven and a half hours. It's John, uh, the Guru Hansen, Dan Helley, James Coe, me, uh, the Dr. Mark Addicts. And uh, it's a really, really fun time. I have a blast every week. It's my favorite part of every week that doesn't involve my children. Um, Wink, wink. And I think that you'll enjoy it too if you are into fantasy. The balance of games this week is is a lot more balanced usually there's like a ton in the early window and then just a handful in the the afternoon window this week there's seven games in the early window and five in the afternoon so they're both kind of balanced and then there's sunday night football with bears packers and then monday night football there's two games this week we've got titans bills followed by the vikings eagles vikings eagles one of two games on the slate that are expected to go over 50 points According to Vegas, I think they're at a 50 and a half point total. Cardinals Raiders is the highest one left at 51 and a half. That's in the afternoon window. There's one in the early window that's incredibly low. It's Jets Browns. 
set at 39 and a half. So you might not want to play a ton of fantasy assets in that one, but my guess is it's Jets, Browns, and you probably already knew that. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. The NFL Roadshow is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network, produced as always by Andrew Emmer. Really appreciate you guys being here, and I'll see you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Serious XM Podcasts.